All right, a couple of issues we want to talk uh, regarding uh, marijuana. The government, uh, the Ontario government announcing yesterday it's set to issue 50 new licenses for cannabis shops and as well a Canopy Growth, their uh, co-CEO, Bruce Linton, he was uh, abruptly ousted yesterday from the uh, top job by the uh, company's uh, board of directors. This after the company's biggest shareholder said that it was, quote, not pleased with the Canopy's, the Canopy's latest earnings. And that uh, everything, uh, well, according to Lytton, could have been handled a little differently. Let's welcome in our uh, finance expert, Rabina Ahmed Hawk, to discuss this further here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right, a bit of a shocker uh, yesterday. Uh, this is, doesn't happen too often, right, that a company's CEO gets uh, ousted. I know sometimes earnings don't meet projections, but uh, it's kind of a drastic move for a company, no? I mean, it happens, but I think that, you know, um, Bruce Linton is someone who has been the face of the cannabis industry almost in Canada. He's this charismatic uh, gentleman who has really been, uh, you know, in the media doing as many interviews as possible about the uh, the growth of this industry. And his own company has sort of led the way, Canopy Growth. So, um, you know, his firing is more high profile more than anything else. Um, he was out doing a lot of interviews yesterday, too, explaining the position. He doesn't seem to be all that bothered uh, for what's happened to the company. He says it's really just, you know, I've lost my job, but he believes that this might be the best thing for the company. So I thought that was a kind of quite gracious way of, of uh, managing his own firing. And maybe trying to uh, manage it, because I'm sure he's a uh, still a shareholder. Uh, shares of Canopy were down by as much as uh, just over 5% on the uh, Toronto stock exchange uh, yesterday. So so what does that tell you about uh, this company moving forward? Well, just generally speaking about cannabis companies, they've been very quick to go public. And when a company goes public, they're under a different microscope. I mean, they, you know, they, they have to uh, adhere to different rules and they are definitely more transparent. So um, that means that often you will get, you know, or investors who get a little bit nervous because they don't like what they're seeing. And so when it comes to regular everyday investors like you and I, Jeff, I always say that this is a new industry. It's just like when tech uh, you know, in, in 1999, everyone was sort of investing in the tech industry. We weren't really sure what companies were going to survive and what were going to be the long-term ones to invest in. So I give the same advice to anybody today. If you are investing in cannabis, don't pick individual companies. Find an ETF that follows a basket of marijuana and cannabis stocks. You will be more safe that way with your money than you will be trying to see which company is going to, you know, rise from the ashes and be the one that really carries Canada's cannabis industry into the future. Well, listen, Canopy, they are a big company, no doubt. It was back in November of last year. They received a $5 billion investment from a firm called Constellation Brands. So, I mean, this is big-time money uh, that's going on in this company. And what is the biggest challenge, do you think, for them uh, moving forward or any other cannabis uh, company uh, in this country? Is it the emergence of uh, edibles that we're waiting for, or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, that edibles will become legal, I believe, in October, or um, and so that will be a whole other product that we will have to see, you know, what, what consumers want, how are consumers purchasing it. This deal that you talked about with Constellation Brands, they make things like Kim Crawford Wine and Corona Beer. This is really what kind of highlighted that Canopy Growth is still in a position where um, they're not making money. And so Constellation Brands makes this huge investment into the company. And then when they open the hood and they look at what the company's actually doing, they weren't very happy about it. And the money was spent very quickly. And so all of those things in combination might have actually led uh, to this 
firing of the CEO because, uh, you know, a big company comes in that's well-established, that has been in the industry, the alcohol industry at least, for a long time, says we want to get involved with this new emerging industry that, you know, we really think is a good marriage between, uh, you know, alcohol and marijuana, both sort of, you know, leisure, uh, leisure uh, I would hope that people only use them on the weekends and at leisure time, um, and, and it's not working out. And so that definitely is putting, the, you know, the spotlight on the fact that some of these companies are growing too fast and they're not actually making money. They're just uh, really more uh, focused on uh, infrastructure and getting product out, but not actually making any money. Yeah, it really is. It goes without saying this is an emerging industry with the legalization still pretty fresh in this country and in uh, many places. Uh, is the marketplace going to sort out winners and losers here, do you think, uh, Rabina, shortly? Absolutely. I mean, 20 years from now, we're going to know which company has, you know, really established itself. It might be a company that doesn't even exist yet. It might be, you know, it might be something that is, you know, now that things are settling, even with this talk about how um, uh, in Ontario now they're asking the, the stores that are going to be selling marijuana to be a much more financially sound because they made some mistakes with the licenses that were put out before that people just didn't have the cash to open these stores. And so they, you know, they found that they weren't getting uh, the kind of storefronts that they had expected because people didn't have the money to actually open these storefronts up. So now they're asking people to prove that they have, you know, access to a line of credit, access to capital, um, and so that they have an actual business plan and how they're going to run these stores. Uh, so I think, you know, the, the it's a new, as you said, emerging industry. So on the higher level with the big companies that are important in Canada, we're now seeing they're not as profitable as we thought they were and investors are suffering for that. And even on the smaller level with the storefronts, we're saying, you know, seeing government step in and say, we need to have a little bit more proof that you are able to run these stores before we give you the licenses. And I think that that's all good for the for the industry in general. You know, 10 years from now, the companies will be uh, the, the stores that sell these will be much more financially sound than they are today. Joined on the phone by personal finance expert Rabina Ahmed-Hawk. And Rabina, you just touched on the second part of our conversation, which is the Ontario government announcing yesterday the second round of cannabis stores. They're planning for 50 more to start opening as early as October. And as you alluded to, yes, there will be a stricter requirements. The previous requirement was a $50,000 line of credit. Uh, now you must prove you've got $250,000 in uh, working uh, capital. And, of course, uh, there was a lot of problems uh, with the first round of uh, stores with uh, fewer than half of them, fewer than half of the uh, 25 licenses that uh, were given out last time around that uh, opened on time. And so far, there's still three other licenses that haven't been executed yet. Uh, 22 out of 25 of the original stores are only open. Do you think that these uh, stricter requirements are going to make sure that these uh, new licensees that they do uh, uh, have the ability to open these stores and open them on time. I think this is a good move. I mean, there's so much pent-up energy and so much excitement from those people that uh, want to get access to cannabis products. So hearing that, you know, a number of different stores were unable to open are, and still, as you said, three out of those 25 are still not open um, is just a letdown for something that has taken years, not just for legalization, but then for actually, you know, being able to access it at a retail store. So, you know, it's just good business sense to make sure that the person that you're giving the license to actually has the means to open the store and start selling the product on time and continue to remain open for the long term rather than just a couple of months and then they're unable to pay their bills. So this is this is a good this is a good move for the government to, to make uh, because this is something this is a product that people want. People don't want to you know drive 100 kilometers one way to get this product. They want to be able to get it in their neighborhoods. 
Um, and so this is going to uh, provide that service to okay, them. Okay, so they, they raise the bar, the requirements are a little stricter, but it's still a lottery that, that's in place. Do you think that that is the best way to uh, dole out business licenses is through uh, a random draw? Well, I mean, it depends on who's in the random draw. If every single person in that random draw is equally qualified and has shown their financial status is sound and that they could open a store tomorrow, then if there is, you know, an increased amount of people that want to have these stores and they only are allowed to uh, have X amount open in Ontario, then a lottery makes sense because that seems more fair than picking and choosing which which person gets them because then you get into a why did they get a license and they didn't and that all all that different type of conversation takes place uh but if you're just putting everybody in there you know the losers and the winners uh then yeah it is a problem because you might be giving a license to somebody whereas you're looking over another person who has all the finances in place and has a much better location and much better clientele and they could make more money um that would be that wouldn't be very I was just thinking with all of the controversy surrounding uh, Dean French, maybe the uh, premier wants to start giving out jobs this way as well. We're going to just have uh, a random lottery. <laughs> I'm just going to say no comment to this. Okay. No comment to all things politics. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you this just finally. We'll get you out on this uh, question. Uh, this emerging industry, uh, do you think people, I mean, if they've got the financial means, is this a good investment to get into this uh, lottery? Do you think uh, this could be a windfall for anybody who uh, wins one of these pot licenses? Uh I mean, you have to have a very good knowledge. It's not just about, you know, I smoke weeds, now I want to open a store. I think you have to have the business savvy to know what it takes to operate a store that sells a product that, you know, can be as harmful if you smoke too much and you get behind the wheel. I mean, you have to have that know-how. I don't think you can just open the store just because you like weed. Um, I definitely think that someone with, you know, a business background would, would do better than someone who's just, you know, is interested in opening the store. So, I mean, I don't have any specific comment on whether you should do it or not, but just make sure you do your research and that you have the money and that this is a long-term commitment. This is not just about opening something for fun. Um, it's about doing something that Um, clearly the community wants clearly it's now legal and it's available and so you need to be able to provide that service in a legitimate way all right personal finance expert rabina ahmed hawk with us this afternoon rabina really appreciate the time as always thanks so much and we'll talk again soon thanks jeff